Well, hello there. Welcome back to Why Nightmares, a podcast hosted by me, Koji, an idiot that really enjoys YA literature and specifically shitting on really bad examples of YA literature. Or in this case, examples of YA literature that are considered good by like a ton of people, but you really don't understand why. So before we get into that, a couple things. To begin, here's a quick disclaimer. You're going to hear already already jesus you're gonna hear some some snuffling you're gonna hear some some moistening of the mouth you might hear a light snore you might hear a little sigh (sighs) if if we're lucky we won't hear this but you might also hear a little little sad dog fart and that's because i have my two dogs next to me it couldn't be helped they're kind of just vibing um I wanted to keep them in the room with me because they're little, 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 little shitty yappy dogs and sometimes they see something and they spaz out and, you know, it's either hear them breathe lightly a little bit and, like, clear their throats or hear them screech at the top of their lungs. So, yeah, I didn't want that. Um, so that's the first disclaimer. The second is I realize it's been a super long time <laughs> since I've recorded. Um almost two months, in fact, and that makes me feel really icky. And I just wanted to say, hey, man, sorry. Let me explain where I've been. It's a pretty simple explanation. Nothing crazy. I kind of wish it was something more exciting, but it's literally just like I had to chill off the podcast and watch something kind of just like play out a certain way so that I could kind of go forward knowing that my job would be fine. So in more specifics, I told you guys that I'm kind of in like the literature educational realm in terms of my real job. Um, And with this podcast, even though like the premise is relatively innocent, me just reviewing books, I do cuss a lot. Like I'm kind of crass and I know that's not something that's acceptable in the professional sphere. And so without getting into too many specifics, there was an incident on social media within my job um, that really kind of called into question like what the employees were allowed to do online because that specific party was kind of like, basically it was two parties, one dead ass wrong, one pretty right, but the dead ass wrong uh, party kind of just made a ton of drama online and it kind of just went to a back and forth situation and it was kind of nerve wracking because nobody on the right side of things felt comfortable interacting on social media um, because they were kind of like afraid of backlash, scrutiny, what have you. So I got really nervous about that. I let the heat die down. I was like, I'm not going to record for a while and just kind of see where this whole thing goes. And the way it played out kind of went out with like a whisper (laughs) instead of the bang that I was expecting. So the beef got squashed relatively easily. And we ended up with a bunch of fun new HR regulations, but it got to the point where I was like, okay, um, the podcast is just a thing that I really like to do. I have like a few people that check in on it. I can't imagine this is going to turn into a whole big hairy deal that's going to jeopardize my job. I think I should be fine. So that's why I'm back. I'm hoping to resume the same upload schedule and just continue like reading crazy shit and talking about it. And I've really missed the podcast. I know I only have a couple people that listen, but I appreciate you. And it kind of just feels like I have a couple just anonymous internet homies that just like to hear me bitch about stuff. And it's just a cool outlet. Plus, I just read a lot of shit that I feel like I'm the only one reading. (laughs) So I want to like put it out there. Hey, if you plan on consuming this, here's what you're in for. And it might be kind of fucked up. So that's a good segue into what we're going to talk about today. And it's something that is really fucked up. And it's one of those things that I used to like not view as a huge problem because I was young and stupid. And now that I'm a grown adult, I'm really finding a lot of serious issue with it. It's okay. So with this book that I read, it's, it's one of those books. And I don't know if you guys have ever had to deal with this, but it's one of those books where you read it at a certain stage in your life where maybe you weren't like emotionally mature or just like mature in general and you really liked it. Maybe you read it a couple times and then you put it away, kind of tucking in the back of your noggin that 
you regarded this book as a good one. So you're like, okay, cool. Nothing but fond memories here. Hell yeah. Um, in my case, I've lugged this book around since high school. High school is when I really liked it. And now that I'm an adult, I was like, hmm, I'm in a different stage of my life. Let me see about this book again. Is it still good? And unfortunately, the answer to that question is new. A hard new. Okay. And it's a, it's such a bummer because I was thinking that when I had this same revelation, like I thought when I had this revelation, I would go online and look at the reviews and see like other people had the same problems with it. But alas, it was not the case. In fact, it's still, despite being published in 2005, you know, and like there's been time for people to revisit it and see it's fucked up. It's still pretty highly reviewed and that's so weird so weird super weird and it's not one of those things where it's still highly reviewed because like no one's read it since around that time when i looked up reviews for the pod i saw like the most recent one was 2019 and then when i reopened the page today to record um i saw an updated review that said march 25th 2021 like literally last week somebody reviewed this favorably five stars so it's it's just it's it's a lot i'm gonna try to like inject some levity into this but like going into this just know there's some sensitive content i've kind of tiptoed around it but what this book is called is it's called teach me it's by r.a nelson and it's a book about a young girl in high school, her name is Carolina Livingston. Everyone calls her nine, and she falls in love with her English teacher, Mr. Mann. Not a very creative name. We will talk about that. But they have this very short, very passionate love affair, and it ends up really backfiring on all parties involved. And it ends in a very unsatisfying way, and you kind of walk away from the book not really feeling like anybody learned a lesson or really paid for the poor decisions that they that they made. And I'm not talking about the protagonist. Like she's the fucking victim in this situation because she was a child basically and this is a grown ass man. But it's upsetting because it's not presented in that way. You never feel like she's validated as a victim and she's presented more as a girl with an obsessive unhealthy crush instead of a girl that was taken advantage of so yeah if you're not into that because it is like you know it's it's sexual assault really there you know she's underage and even though she feels like very passionately that's you know kind of the road we're walking down this time so if that's something that's gonna bug you even if i try to inject a little 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 laughter into it then you know by all means um, maybe you want to skip this particular episode and then, you know, come back in two weeks time for something a little bit more light and fun. But yeah, this one, it's like one of those things where I feel like it just needs to be, it just needs to be talked about in a better way. And maybe my anonymous ass <laughs> will be able to kind of unpack it in a way. I, it, more than anything, this particular episode is me just like, I need to get this off my fucking chest because I don't understand. It's one that, like, why am I the only one that's bothered by this? So the main focus of the conversation is going to be this book, but I may trickle in a few observations about something related to this, which is a show that I watched relatively recently called The Teacher. And where in this book, it's a relationship between a young woman and her teacher, in that show, it's between a young man and his female teacher. So the way that these two issues are played out, it's it's drastically different, it's upsetting, and I think the show offers a really good point of contrast in this conversation. But, you know, it that really all depends. I kind of have it lined up to talk about it briefly, but, you know, nothing, nothing crazy, crazy in depth with that. I'm mostly gonna be talking about this book. So, I'm going to take a quick swig on my water bottle, and away we go. All right, so to begin, let's just talk about who wrote this, um, what the reviews look like, and how I regarded it in my youth, okay? So when you look at this book, 
And if you decide to like actually do some light Googling and check it out, I such it's it's a very throwaway positive observation, but like I kind of fuck with the way the book looks. <laughs> it's matte black, reminiscent of a chalkboard. There's a lovely um, partial view of like an apple with lots of condensation on it and on the leaf and on the stem and then in like almost like chalk scrawl like in cursive it says teach me and then R.A. Nelson in green it's like it's kind of a tight like simple looking book I normally don't talk about that shit but I just that's one positive if I can give this book any positive the cover's tight <laughs> and it's also won a lot of awards it won best of 20 or excuse me 2005 Newcomers Pick 2005, Kids Pick 2005, Public Library 2006, like lots and lots of accolades from all these um, like either publications or like library systems or review systems that are geared toward like a younger audience. So in essence, all the reviews on the back are kind of telling you, hey, young person, come fuck with this book. It's pretty good. It's got a blurb by like one of the baddest bitches out here in terms of like young adult lit that's holly black if you like a bit of fantasy she is absolutely fabulous could not recommend her enough but even she put a positive blurb on the front that says quote a raw and dazzling portrait of obsession and betrayal holly black so I can't pretend like, oh, well, you know, I have a ton of issue with it, but ultimately it's like up to the parents to regulate, da 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 Like if you were a parent and you kind of just like had your, <laughs> if you had your back turned on this one and you just looked at like kind of the back, like the, you know, accolades, you wouldn't have a th second thought. If you looked up the reviews, you know, positive reviews, wouldn't have a second thought. Okay, whatever. But just the glowing endorsements strike me as fucked up. Um, when you go on Amazon, it's also rated, what is it, 4 point, yeah, 4.4 out of 5 by like 63 people. And I'll give you a one-star rating, I'll give you a five-star rating to kind of show you what I'm talking about. So one-star rating that I, I agree with, and this is from 2007, but it says, how is this book viewed as anything other than totally inappropriate? I guess I'm missing something. It is about a teacher using his position of authority to, quote, consummate his relationship with a high school student, and it is on the bookshelves in the young reader sections. This book should be widely condemned, especially given all the stories of high school teachers taking advantage of students. Parents should not allow their children to read this book, as I unfortunately suspect some immature readers would think it is, quote, cool to, quote, consummate, quote, their, excuse me, their, quote, relationship with a high school teacher. A little liberal with the quotes, but, like, I fuck with the message. This is not a good book for children, point blank, period. Not cool. But if you look at the, and we'll just do, like, the most recent one to show you that people still think this is fine. The most recent review that was from last week. It says, what a fun read. This book ticks along at a nice pace and is a relatively fast read. I love Nine as a narrator. She's unlike any protagonist I've encountered. She's intelligent and mature while also being reckless and conniving. I also thoroughly enjoyed the writing style. It felt like a snapshot of what it'd be like to live in Carolina's head. Great read. Um... Pacing compliments aside, like I guess if I had to give him a... Uh, like, hey, here's another thing that was kind of all right. Sure, pacing is fine. Moves as a steady at a steady clip. You don't get too much unnecessary shit. But everything else about this, the fact that the person touted the character as being both intelligent, and mature, and also reckless and conniving, like, like save that shit for a fiction thriller where everybody in it is grown, not in something like this. Like the te the teacher not being presented in her review as the conniving person, the reckless person that's fucking up someone's life, that's a little yucky to me. I don't know this person, but that review tells me all I need to know about how people are still perceiving this whole thing. And it's gross. You would think at this day and age, people would read this and be horrified, but alas, they are not. So all the exposition background, this is how people feel about it shit out of the way. Um... I will give you a few like nitpicky little things that bothered me and then go into more specifics about the plot. I have the actual 
if you can hear that physical book with me for once. So there are going to be some moments where when I need to make my point or pull out a quote, you got to marinate for like two seconds because I have to actually flip through. I've just riddled this book with, um, please don't hate me, but I'm a corner turner. Like I'm a corner folder when it comes to marking a book. But I really only do that with books that I don't have any attachment to. Like once I'm done with this pod, I'm putting this, I have to do a book purge. I'm putting this in the donate box because I can't keep lugging this bullshit around now, especially when I just feel so strongly against it. So aside from the problematic situation, just like romanticizing this gross ass relationship, little cosmetic details and little, I guess like writing things, that are kind of meh to me. Um, The voice of our narrator, Carolina, feels kind of inauthentic at times. Like you understand that she's quite clever, but even still the way she speaks, you're kind of like no teenager would talk like this. Like, and I'm not saying that to shit on teens. Like I've met some really smart ass teenagers in my day, but like just the way she writes, or excuse me, the way she speaks, it's a male writer, but just the way she speaks is just feels like, it, it makes me go like, hmm, I don't know, sis. I remember one time I was writing, I was trying to write a young adult short story and I actually like found a teenager to like read it and tell me what she thought. And she, that was one of the things she was like, no teenager talks like this. And I think that if this author had had an actual real life living, breathing teen read through their shit, he would understand that too. Or he would understand like <laughs> how to make inauthentic dialogue sound a little better. Um, also, another like writing, but why? Why is this fucking? Why is this teacher called Mister Man? Like, are you? Come on! Like, you couldn't think of a single like no other last name. You really gotta lay it on thick. She's a girl, but he's a man. So forbidden love. <laughs> no, fucking. Any other last name. Every time I saw his name come up, like it's Mr. Man with two N's to be like jazzy. It bothered me every time. So stupid, but it does bother me. Um, The other thing is I don't, like I know how I feel about it, but I don't know. Trying to figure out like authorial intent is so difficult. I don't know if what the author is trying to do is like, in a weird backwards way highlight that this is bad or if they're just going full in like no like this is a real scandalous relationship and it was all over the place and our girl was mentally unstable and xyz check this out teens give me fucking money run run me them fucking give me that money like i don't know if there was a real message behind this because you kind of walk away from it feeling pretty unsatisfied so one of my show notes, I said, is it a satire or does it wish it was? Question mark. Even now after rereading it, it doesn't. I don't even know. I don't know what he was going for. Please explain. Please, please, please explain. All right. So let's get into, I guess, a few little background things. I'm not going to hammer too much into like the fine, fine details. So Carolina Nine Livingston is a senior. She's exceptionally bright. She's wonderful. Um, I feel like she's a pretty relatable character, you know, she's sarcastic and all that charming. There's a lot of things about her that seem pretty cool. Aside from the way she talks sometimes is a little bit like, okay, even a 30 year old wouldn't talk like that, sis. But she has a best friend called Schuler. They've been friends for ages and ages. He's lovely, you know, scrawny, shy guy. Kind of reminds me of Gordo from like Lizzie McGuire, like smart, like just vibing, you know? Um, And yeah, she's really into science. You know, she's not like other girls. (laughs) But when she meets Mr. Man, he makes quite an impression. He comes into the fucking classroom, bitch, guns blazing on, like, doing the fucking bare minimum on his, like, lazily kind of attractive white guy shit. He's wearing Dockers, long sleeve shirt. (laughs) He's described so generically, too. Tall, broad back, arms long. He right. He slouches a little bit too. Ooh, he's it's it's uh, friendly and approachable the way he slouches. But um, he what else? Oh, he has deep eyes. His eyes are frostbite blue. Fucking okay. His dark hair hangs partly across his face like Johnny Depp's. How old is he? Twenty five. Twenty eight. 
too old for you, sis. It doesn't matter. But when he runs in, he writes on the board in all caps, Emily Dickinson is God. And then it turns into this whole thing, um, this whole like crazy classroom conversation where this one kid is like, don't you mean good? And then he explains like why Emily Dickinson is the, the motherfucking, the goat, which I mean, I like Emily Dickinson. Okay. But like, oh God, you know what I'm saying? Um, and then they have this like kind of weird spark connection. Um, they have this conversation about like, how do you kill a poem? And she immediately likes him like immediately he he proves himself to be kind of the cool teacher he kind of lets people cuss and like explore discussions in the classroom and she really gets into that and then it's it's really quick how things go off the rail like you almost feel i guess as an adult reading this like you after this immediate like meet cute i don't know what to fucking call it their first encounter you know that it's gonna get to an inappropriate place relatively quickly, but they that shit just snaps into place. They they said nope, they're gonna be romantically involved in like how many pages? Not like not enough. <laughs> so they oh my god, I hate it so much. It kind of goes in baby steps. Like they have an overly intimate encounter behind a Walmart where they kiss. Um, they start like learning more about each other. They end up like kissing in his car and then her car. Um, they like start sneaking off together to like smooch. And he spends a lot of time like really just reinforcing her affections. Like there's, I think at the beginning, he kind of tries to pretend like he's not leading this where it's going but ultimately he does encourage her quite a bit i don't think at any point he really made like an aggressive and serious move to stop whatever the fuck was happening i think like the chemistry was always there for him and he was always gonna take that chance she even remarks on that too like i i was like holy shit there's no page numbers i can't tell you what page but she says um they kiss and then she says that she loves him, holy God. And she says, um, I hope he can't see my tears in this light. I burrow my face into his chest and smell the day on his shirt. He clenches his fist against my back and speaks into my neck. His voice is warm. I didn't mean to take it this far. I lift my blurry eyes. That still means you meant to take it. So even she knows what time it is. Like he, he does this thing the whole time where he kind of puts the ball in her court while simultaneously reinforcing all this stuff and quickly indulges her obsession with him. Like he thinks that he's gonna, that's the thing. Like he thinks that she is so bright. He's putting all this responsibility on her being like bright enough or mature enough to understand what this relationship is and then when he wants to pull the rug from beneath her like he expects her to just roll with that shit like she's not a child basically and it continues onward like it's kind of gross and they kind of i think the author tried to paint it as oh yeah like they really do both care about each other so that when he pulls the plug it's supposed to like just smack you upside your head like it smacked nine upside hers, and that is not the fucking case. You see the you see the writing on the wall immediately. So after they kind of go through this weird thing, um, just smooching all the time, they finally graduate to that point. You know, they she asks about his childhood and she learns about him, um, his background, and when he turns eighteen, or excuse me, when she turns eighteen they end up consummating their relationship. She goes to his apartment and they have sex and they, they do describe it in a decent amount of detail. Um, it's nothing like super, super graphic and yucky, but you know, it talks about trigger warning, I guess. Um, but it talks about him like undressing her and like kissing her and doing all this stuff. And I think that, <laughs> We, we as readers, especially since this is like supposed to be for young people, even if you were trying to turn this book into a, like a lesson of sorts, you know, 
like beware of these types of teachers. I don't know, whatever. Even if you were trying to do the right thing with this book, putting this level of detail into the first sexual encounter kind of freaks me out. Like it's too, it's too romantic. It doesn't feel predatory like it should feel. Like there's, she's not like scared. It's just, I don't know. Like if you didn't know the parties involved, like their ages, it would just feel like a scene in a romantic book. And that's gross as well. <laughs> so after, you know, they cross that major line and they start having this sexual relationship. They get more and more involved in these like weird fantasies of the future, like talking about in her sophomore year, they're going to get married, like in her sophomore year of college, they're going to get married um, and they're going to go honeymooning. And like, they talk about honeymooning in this place in Mexico, like the, and this is me pausing because I'm struggling to like remember how to pronounce this, but it's spelled C-A-C-A-X-T-L-A. Cacactala. Shut fuck. I'm sorry. I'm 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 offending myself somehow. Just misprinted. Sorry. Sorry. Please. I'm sorry. But anyway, they said they're gonna go to some place in Mexico. The descendants of the Olmecs. There we go. So they're gonna go to this historical thing, and then she walks away from that encounter, being like, "Hell yeah, like we're gonna get married. Everything's gonna be good." You know, this this happens for I think the relationship's a couple months. This happens for, and then right after finals, he asks her, like, "Oh my god, gross!" Sorry, I saw a line that I didn't care for. He asks her to talk, and I think any reader would know any reader with like two brain cells to rub together would kind of understand what this talk is going to be. She obviously does not at first. She kind of gets a little anxious, but she's like, Oh shit. Okay. Well, let's see. And he breaks it off with her and she loses her goddamn mind, like freaks right out. Understandably she's calling his name and crying and like pleading and <sighs> She tries to like hit him and they hold each other. And, and then she just like, it's, it's so sad. Like she says, you've been inside me. Do you hear me inside me? You've been inside and told me that you loved me. And he's like, I always will. And then he says, I'm so sorry. I shouldn't let him, I shouldn't have let it happen. It's my fault. We shouldn't have done anything if I had known. Um. And again, it's like that language right there where it's like, we, we shouldn't have done anything, da da da. Like just that we, like all. I think if he was truly repentant in that moment, not that it matters at that point because you fucking committed a crime. But if he was truly repentant in that moment, he would put a hundred percent of the responsibility on himself. He would fucking turn himself in. He would apologize to her, and that would be that on that. Instead. We find out at this point, not only is he breaking things off with her. She finds out he's getting married to someone else, which she's always been the other, not even the other woman. Like she's always been this like young piece of property that he's had just like tucked away because, you know, he can't have a like real mature relationship. So he's just using this teenage girl to satisfy that, you know, like he gets to be with this girl who is just mature enough, just you know, old enough, but not too much so. So she doesn't have that confidence. She doesn't have that maturity. She has the intelligence. So you can actually like bounce some stuff off of her and it doesn't, you know, you're not reminded too much that she is indeed a child, but he gets someone to idolize him and he gets somebody to have sex with. And it's just this thing where it's like, God, you're a piece of shit. Like it really does reinforce that. Um, so this is when the book takes a really fucked up and alarming turn. And I'll tell you right now, it's lazy writing. And I think that more people need to read this book and be fucking upset. Like, let me just tell you, like, this is pretty much the halfway mark of the book. And it's like, okay, well, he's proven himself to be a piece of shit. She, you know, she has her heart broken. Where can we go from there? In a perfect world, he would turn himself in and take his dumb ass to jail. The girl that he's going to marry would find out that he's a piece of shit and leave him. And everyone will go on 
to hopefully figure some shit out in therapy and be left alone by this bastard. But instead, sorry about that weird hitch in audio. My mic, my mic, I'm having trouble with my mic. But anyway, like I was saying before, in a perfect world, he would go away. He would run straight into Volcano. We would never fucking see him again. But instead, the writer decides to take this opportunity to paint us a Carolina, a nine, that is a woman unhinged. She's not a woman. Let's get that damn straight. But she is presented as a woman unhinged. You know, at this point, like, she's the one that is in the wrong. She follows, like... She dresses, she goes in disguise basically and like goes to his wedding and makes like a weird scene. Um, she like, oh my God, so ridiculous. He get she gives him, a, I was trying to find the page. She gives him a wedding gift. The, the other woman or rather the original woman that he was cheating, you, you know, using to, um, using Carolina to cheat on. Her name is Alicia. So when Nine goes to the wedding, she gives Alicia this gift and it has it has a wisdom tooth inside of it that was just broken from it's one of Nine's fucking teeth and it has a violently scented note with a um poem by uh, Emily Dickinson in it. So just really drive it home. She flees. She ends up breaking into their apartment and vandalizing it, rifling through it. She also sneaks into the apartment and like watches them um she oh my God. she keeps trying to like forget about him but not really um she's kind of ruining her relationships with everybody she forgets to turn in her scholarship application like everything's kind of falling apart for her at the seams once all that bullshit with mr man pitters out by the way did i say his name his first, his first name, his first name is Richard. So he's called Richard Mann, which it's still a bad name. And also, if you weren't aware, a nickname for Richard is Dick. So Dick Man, you named your character Dick Man. I don't know if I should applaud you or fucking punch you in your throat, R.A. Nelson. But Dick Man, honey, especially when like Carolina is a pretty cool name, whatever. Anyway. Dick Man. Um, Dick Man and Nine have like a really fucked up encounter at school um, where she, after all the vandalism thing and following them and watching them, um, she tries to like talk to him at school and has a freak out session and like spazzes out on him and starts like hitting him and everything. And she has to like be restrained. And you know, he's trying to confront her about what she did to his apartment and she's trying to ask him like, you know, what the fuck is wrong with you? And, you know, you're going to, you, you're going to pay for this. And he's trying to, I guess, martyr himself and be like, I know, um, says nothing you will ever do will make up for what I've done. You'll only be hurting an innocent girl, like talking about Alicia. Um, and saying, like, you sound insane because she keeps freaking out on him. Obviously, she's not emotionally mature enough. But she keeps, you know, doing this. And then he ends up, irony, 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 irony. He ends up reporting her um, to the school officials and saying, like, she, you know, she needs counseling. Like, there's something wrong here. Um, in the meantime, we also have a moment where <sighs> most of the moments toward the end of this book are nine sneaking her way into something to try to spy on either Alicia or Dick man. So she ends up finding out who Alicia's parents are. She ends up finding who Dick man's mom is and like asking questions. And Alicia's dad like kind of catches on as like, you don't know my daughter. And is like, you need to get the fuck out of here. When nine is at Alicia's dad's house, she ends up stealing that man's gun for who knows what purpose. Um, and she also kind of pretends to be just a friend to Mr. Man when she encounters his mom. Like, it's just, it's, it gets kind of ridiculous. Like, there's no way. First of all, I don't, I seriously doubt that a teenager would ever take this to this point. But I don't know. I don't know if that's, like, me discounting the emotions of teens. But, like, I wouldn't reckon a teen would go through all this bullshit after getting you know broken up with i would like to think that a teenager would then go ahead and report this fucking creep you know and then like i said before get into some therapy and figure their shit out but 
what they what the author chose to do instead is paint a picture of a teenager who is unhinged and kind of play it off as like this shock value campy thing where we have a teenager who's jumping through all these unrealistic hoops and almost becoming like a fatal attraction character if you're familiar with that movie you might be too young i don't know who's watching but you, or listening <laughs> i don't know who's listening you might be too young for that reference but yeah it kind of paints her as like a fatal attraction she's unhinged Ooh, let's like follow her descent into badness and i don't think that is fair at all that's pretty fucked up and it kind of takes a lot away from mr man in terms of responsibility or scorn um Especially too, when like we have this unreliable narrator who even through all this drama looks at Mr. Man in this affectionate way, talking about how he looks and like wanting to get back together with him at all costs and like ruin what he has with Alicia and not that anything is worth it there because he's a fucking asshole. Um, you also find out that this is not the first time that he has been in a relationship with a younger girl. In fact, Alicia is younger than him and they met when she was a student of his, I believe at college. So despite him reassuring nine multiple times that, oh, she was the only one, da da da, like it's very clear that he has a pattern of doing this. So that's another really alarming thing. Um, in the meantime, she also kind of fucks up her relationship with Schuler. Um, he tries to be a support system for her and it doesn't really work out. And she drags him along on some of these misadventures. Um, they have a moment in his room where she, he's trying to comfort her and she explains everything that happened and he's asking her questions and she just blanks out and kisses him in this really violent, aggressive fashion. That's really like disturbing to read like genuinely assaulting this kid by kissing him like this. And he still stays her friend. And the whole thing culminates into this life or death crazy situation where Schuler and Nine are following Mr. Man and they end up because the weather is bad and there's flooding, they get in this car accident and Mr. Man actually has to physically rescue both of them. Schuler ends up with stitches and a broken wrist and a bunch of, all, bunch of bullshit. And nine really kind of gets off scot-free as far as injuries go but you know she could have she literally could have killed him in this whole thing and all he was trying to do was be a good friend to her which is really unfortunate um and you also find out surprise surprise to add to the shit pile from dick man that he has gotten alicia pregnant so not only has he you know he's with this other woman He's clearly been with her throughout the re weird relationship that he had with Nine, but she's also pregnant. So I think that that's ultimately like the breaking point. Um, and that after that car accident and, you know, Schuler heals and whatever, and they graduate high school. It, as I mentioned before, it ends with a whimper more than a bang. And there's a flash forward where they stumble upon or rather they run into um, Alicia and Mr. Man and Mr. Man's little child, um, a little girl called Emily and his mom and everything. And she's like, oh, like I actually, you know, I, I saw the girl, the little girl, and I thought I would have more of a reaction. I'll actually read that part. It says, so this little girl is the big nasty secret. I'm surprised at how I feel toward her. I'm interested and observer, but that's all. There's no more. I don't ache to take her in my arms, make her my own. Somehow she has nothing to do with me, and it hits me. Of course she doesn't. She isn't mine. There is no connection there at all. Um, oh, Jesus. This is, I meet his eyes again. There's a piece of all this, everything that has happened, all that we felt between us that will always be there. But more than that, there's something settled there now, something settled and good. I couldn't call it happiness. Maybe he just seems content. Yeah, that's it, content. He'd better be. Like that, it's over. We're moving away again. Um. And then she's like, will he look back at me? Will he look back? But she doesn't look. And yeah, it just ends like that. Like everything's fine. You know, he's he gets to have his life be as normal. Um, everything just works out. Basic. Honestly, the one that gets out of this the best is Mr. Man. Like he doesn't get his marriage ruined. He doesn't get his teaching license revoked. He doesn't get accused of the sexual assault of a minor, like the stat rape. He, you know, has this baby, 
and everything is just hunky dory. Meanwhile, we have <laughs> a woman, a young woman who is starting off her adulthood with this like awful burden and baggage of being in this fucked up relationship with this adult that was supposed to be, you know, a safe person to be around was supposed to like nurture her and, you know, be a support system and not be a fucking predator. And then you also feel bad for Alicia. She doesn't know what the fuck is going on. You know, she, she had a couple of weird encounters with somebody around her wedding, but Mr. Man never really spills the beans on what happened. Everyone is in the dark except Schuler and Nine, and they have to live with this awful, awful secret until one would hope down the road the truth comes out. And I, I think the tone the author was going for at the end was like, all's well that ends well. Like this was a crazy thing that just happens to young women and then they're going to learn from it and blah, blah, blah. But it's like, no, now we just have this guy who's a predator who gets to just live his life normally and then potentially corrupt, abuse, manipulate another young woman. Like where's the justice there? There's no all's well that ends well. You think that he's just going to stop. He has a history of this shit. He's not going to stop at just nine. Oh, now he's got a wife and kid. Who fucking, who, excuse me? Turn on any fucking true crime show that has a serial killer or an abuser. And a lot of the times they seem to have perfectly normal, lovely lives. And you would never expect. And then all of a sudden something fucking crazy happens and the truth comes out. Like this, this ends on such a horrible note that it kind of just turns my stomach. Nobody learns anything and everyone's lives are like fucked up because of this, except Mr. Man. And I think if I move past my personal contempt for the character of Dick Man and just look purely at the tone that the author is presenting... I think that he's trying to paint Dick Man as a sympathetic character, and that is wrong. That is straight up wrong. I've said before, we have Nine as the emotionally unstable young woman on the edge who almost takes down a man's life, and then Mr. Man is presented as like the kind of emotionally immature guy that enters this relationship that he thinks is going to be fine, and when he tries to cut ties, everything falls apart. And, oh, but he tries to do the right thing. He tries to break off things gently. He, he tries to even report her and get her counseling. But alas, she still stalks him and harasses him and does all this. Like, that's not, that's not the story that should be told here. And if I had to compare this to something that actually genuinely handles this type of thing in a better way, like, Speak, the book by Laurie Halls Anderson, is about a young woman who is sexually assaulted at a party, but, like, she's treated with much more care and sympathy the nine is, and that's awful to me that, you know, we have this very sensitive portrayal of this woman who is abused. And then we have this where the, the girl is painted as a monster. That's so fucked up. And it's so funny because every time there's something in the news about a female teacher assaulting a male student and people are like fucking kiki and laughing and high fiving and thinking that shit's okay. And then, you know, they, there's this conversation of like, well, what if things were flipped and it's the girl that's being that's been assaulted by the male teacher and everyone's like, well, yeah, that's different, da da da, and it's like no, like the same fuck shit can happen too. Like it doesn't it doesn't matter. Ultimately, the conversation just needs to change about these positions of power and these like terrible relationships that go on. It doesn't gender is fucking irrelevant in this conversation, right? Like male or female student or whatever they identify as, it's called abuse. <laughs> like point blank period. Black and white, there's nothing else to say about it. Um, and the thing I wanted to kind of tie into the show is, is it goes to that point. So in The Teacher, which I'll actually, I forgot to pull this up for my show notes because I'm professional podcaster extraordinaire. Okay. So for the teacher, this ran last year from uh, November to December, like top of November end of December. It's on Hulu. It's based off a movie. I did not watch the movie. I think after the show, I was like, yeah, that's it for me, dog. But it's a mini series. It's 10 episodes. It's a one shot. Um, and it's about this teacher named Claire. And she um, is in a relationship that she's not really fucking with anymore. 
Um, and she starts at this new high school and she meets this kid called Eric who is outgoing and, you know, he seems like perfect and they get together and it just, it's a wild ride. Um, I can't say I'd recommend watching it, but I think that if you are terribly curious and you're good and you can handle it and you want more detail, I'm not going to go into a full diagnostic of it. It's, it's on Hulu. Watch it if you want, but it's rated 70%. Um, and it's, regarded as a more sensitive portrayal of that type of criminal relationship because you get to see the after effects of it. It doesn't stop when she gets caught for it. You get to see how it really destroyed Eric's life for a long time. He gets his name dragged in the mud in the media. He is like, you know, oh, haha, you're with a hot teacher. Like, what What was it like? Like, when he tries to get into intimate relationships, that's, that's all he, his identity becomes shaped by his assault. And on the flip side, we get this teacher who's really not punished enough to me, personally. She loses her job, but, I mean, you know, and she loses that marriage. But ultimately, after some difficulties with, like, finding a job, once the heat dies down, time has passed, she is able to get married to somebody else and have like a successful life with a new family. Like she has, you know, kids and stuff at the end. And we as viewers get to see her portrayed as quite selfish and terrible. He does get to confront her at the end. You know, he's changed his life and he's getting through it. And she really kind of gets off more or less scot-free and she doesn't view it as a mistake on her part, but rather a shared experience when that is just not the case when she was the, you know, powerful party in that and she's the one who took advantage of a child so just comparing those two it's really frustrating to see the attitude I I'll okay let me preface this by saying like I think a teacher the show a teacher does a better job of showing sensitivity toward the victim absolutely like we get to see his process and we get to see him struggle and grow and that's awesome I wish nine had gotten that same courtesy but at the same time there's still too much celebration regarding media like this. And I think that it's just, it's definitely from teach me to a teacher, it's a step in the right direction in terms of how these stories are told. But ultimately there's still too much. It's just not taken seriously enough. It really isn't. And we, not to get too far out of the scope of what I wanted to talk about, but Like I said before, if you see the way it's portrayed in the news, it's just not taken seriously enough. And that level of disregard for the victim, it definitely changes depending on the gender. But at the end of the fucking day, if you're a teacher and you do this to a student, I don't give a fuck who you are or the student or how old the fucking student is. It doesn't doesn't matter. It does not matter. It is wrong. That teacher is a predator. And they deserve to be outed as such and have that be part of their lives forever. And it's not from a vindictive place. It's like you need to understand and be aware constantly that the choice you decided to make negatively infected some excuse me, infected, affected somebody and probably fucked up their the rest of their life. And they're always gonna have issues stemming from what you chose to do. You shouldn't be able to just walk away from that shit and live your life like she does, like Dick Man does. That's not cool. And I think for my own mental health, I'm probably never going to consume anything like this again, whether it be the teacher, the movie, um, which I think, I can't remember if the movie's called A Teacher or The Teacher, but I don't want to see the movie. I'm never going to watch this fucking show again. I'm never going to watch, child, I'm never going to read Teach Me Again. There's one more book. There is one more book that I've read about this. I'm not going to say much on this book at all. This book, I didn't want to do a full review on it because it is so upsetting, but there's a very similar book to this, um, to the the show, The Teacher, and it's called um, Tampa. Um, I don't remember the the name of the author, two seconds. Oh, fucking hell, yeah. Um, It's a book by author Alyssa Nutting and it's about a a female teacher who like 
straight up molest um, a 14-year-old boy, trigger warning, obviously, but he, she molests a 14-year-old boy who she teaches in middle school, and she goes into great detail about her attraction to young people. And when I read through it, I was like, "What? Who is? first of all, who is this for? What are you fucking trying to say? And hey, man, no. <laughs> fucking no. <laughs> Actually, scratch that. No is the first thing. Just straight up no. And then if you get past that, no, okay, cool. Who is this fucking for? What are you trying to say, bitch? Because I don't know what the message was. I'm not going to go into detail about that one because it, it physically repulsed me. But it, I think that one is not for young adults, but it still perpetuates a very fucked up uh, message about the nature of this crime and like how we regard it in media. And that's it on that. <laughs> Oh man, I feel bad. This wasn't the um, light, bubbly, fun podcast I wanted to come back on with, but I've just been so full of rage and frustration on this specific topic that, hey man, I had to let it out somehow. What better way than this? So if I may leave you with anything, anything at all, it would be don't read this fucking book, Teach Me by R.A. Nelson. Don't watch A Teacher on Hulu. Don't watch the film a teacher. I don't know what that's streaming on, but don't watch that shit either. And also for the love of God, never in your fucking life, even out of morbid curiosity, should you read Tampa by Alyssa Nutting, I promise you, your fucking stomach will thank you. Okay. (sighs) All right. So now that that's done on that, and I have just, I've worn myself out yelling into my podcast. Um, Oh Christ. Okay. Thanks for rocking with me through almost an hour worth of podcasts. My God, you are a true trooper and I love you with my whole heart. Thank you. Thank you for coming back to this podcast because after uh, such a long break, I wouldn't blame people for never coming back, but thanks. Um, I'll be back. Not next week, the week after that'll be, I'll be back on my regular upload bullshit every other week, Monday nights. Um, but I'll be back with something a lot more lighthearted. I'm actually kind of poking around trying to find something a little better. The book I originally started, it was just kind of like your classic teen romance thing that I thought would be fun, but it ended up being like, not bad, like so bad where it's like funny and you can like really go in. It it was just boring. (laughs) So I'm going to try to find something better, but I promise you next episode will be a lot more lighthearted and we'll not be talking about fucking predators. Tell you that. But anywho, um, yeah, engage with me on my social media shit. Um, I have YA Nightmares on Instagram. Check that out. I don't post there much, (laughs) but that's okay. Um, And I also have a Twitter, but again, I don't post there much, whatever, right? But that's all I got. Um, If you have any suggestions for anything, I suggest you try um, emailing me at ya.nightmares at gmail. And yeah, give me some suggestions if you think of anything. I'd love to just like read something actually funny for once that doesn't fucking make my brain hurt or my heart hurt. Okay. All right. Well, that that's that on that, I guess. Y'all be safe and I will catch you in two weeks. Bye.